everybody. Welcome to the welcome to the show. I'm Spencer, and then that's our licensed clinical therapist, Nazir. All right. That's that's the theme of the show, and this is the Different Spectrums podcast. Yep. Yes, we we talk about mental health, but you know, we also have some funnies in there. We have some funnies. So don't take us too seriously. Uh, also, uh, please run up our likes uh, on this video subscribe. and our other videos, please. Um, subscribe and uh, share and comment what you'd like us to view next. So, yeah, with that, uh, today we're on a Stranger Things kick, as you can tell. We'll play with nipples? That. Yep, my nipples okay. are hard for this for this Eddie. scene. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, so today we're taking a look. We're actually just deep deep diving into Eddie, just the character of Eddie. Uh, we have three scenes today. One being uh, the beginning where we meet Eddie. Um, the second where Eddie's just rocking out, rocking out, and then. Uh, his finale. I won't ruin it for you. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be taking a look at those. Um, one or two are just going to be reels, um, but we're definitely going to have the rock scene and probably going to have the death scene too. So right. um, yeah, Nazir, anything before we get into the clip? Uh, I think today, if we can stay on track and remember, is we're going to talk about, uh, he talks about quickly conformity in this. He talks about being odd. Me and Spence talked about him being an outcast, uh, seen as a freak, this and that. We're going to talk about little Dungeons and Dragons, neurodivergent stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we'll talk about like the story arc and confidence and like, you know, standing your ground finally and having the ability to change. So we're going to have some fun with this and we're just going to kind of nerd out of the rock scene. Uh, it yeah. was just, to me, it was just intense and fun. So, yeah, let's check it out. Uh, thanks, folks, for watching, subscribing, paying attention with the shorts, the reels, the TikToks. Uh, we appreciate it. Also know that you're more than welcome to to be one of our sponsors on Anchor. We much appreciate it uh, on Spotify. Anything helps. Okay. Do it. Let's do a little ad. Let's get into the clip. Let's check it out. Whoop, whoop. Dun. Dungeons and Dragons. At first regarded as a harmless game of make-believe, now has both parents and psychologists concerned. Studies have linked violent behavior to the game, saying it promotes satanic worship, ritual sacrifice, sodomy, suicide, and even... Murder. <laughs> Shit, this seems really revved up today. He's always revved up. We'll just act casual. 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 Right. Okay. Totally. Society has to blame something. We're an easy target. Exactly. We're the freaks because we like to play a fantasy game. But as long as you're into band or science or or a game where you toss balls into laundry baskets. You 
want something, freak? Come on. <laughs> Prick. It's force conforming. That's what's killing the kids! <laughs> That's the real monster. Copy that. Initiating phase three. Let's hope they hear this. Bad, huh? No, 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 you're gonna be fine. We just gotta get you to a hospital, okay? Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Come on. I didn't run away this time, right? No, 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 no. You didn't run. 
you're gonna have to look after those little sheep for me, okay? No, you're gonna do that yourself. Nah, man. Say I'm gonna look after them. Say it. I'm, I'm gonna look after them. Good. This is actually gonna graduate. <laughs> I think it's my year, Anderson. I think it's finally my year. I love you, man. First off, subscribe, people. Subscribe to our page. Right, right down there. Right there. He's, right down down He's probably missing it, but right you know what? That's yonder. okay. Right there. Hmm. Yeah. Whenever you question that you're gay, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> you I Googled it the other day. It took me to a page that said, if you're Googling, if you're gay, you're gay. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Damn it! Damn these fingers for typing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, so a little bit of backstory about Eddie. So as we see um, in our first clip, uh, he talks about how he's like the leader of the Dungeons and Dragons group in the Hawkins High School. Um, this is where our main protagonists are part of the Dungeon Dragons League or whatever, um, and. He's he's an outcast. He's not part of the normal people, the normals, the normies, as we call them. Um, but um, yeah, and then one day he witnesses. Uh, I think it was Chrissy. I forgot her fucking name. Um, uh, yeah, getting murdered by Vecna. Um, but people think that uh, Eddie was the one that murdered her. And they also think that he's uh, the murderer for all these other people that died. So they think he's a serial killer. Um, so then he runs away, goes into hiding. Um, and then um, so the group of people that um, I forgot what their like group name is, um, the main characters, they're trying to find Eddie um, to try and clear his name because they know that it was you know, Vecna. Um, and so skip to um, when uh, we see the music, him rocking out. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to distract those bats from the house so that then they can infiltrate the house and save Maxine slash kill Vecna. Yep. Um, and then he, uh, Eddie, goes and chases away the bats by making them follow him. Um, and then that's where we hit our last scene where Eddie's dying because he sacrificed himself and he didn't run away. Not this time. Sad. Also, he was, uh, I think he was like 
held back like two or three years, something like that. I think you said something like that. Yep. Yeah. And so this was his year to finally graduate. Graduate. Yep. Yep. Um, I would be honest. Uh, when I first saw the scene, I almost cried because he was just such a lovable boy. Such a and plus he had such a great rock scene that was just he, he did so many levels of emotions it was like highs and lows high right there. big high and then a few minutes later right then he dies and then it cuts to the girl dying right after that like we were just watching it's like jesus christ then they're playing that really sad music too and it's like oh come on man i know um i guess for me one of it it sucks for eddie because in the public light, he's seen as a serial killer and yep. as a freak who worships drug the devil. Too. That's what they think. Well, yeah, yep. yeah, and drug dealer. Um, but then the villain of the season, the white quarterback or whatever. Point guard. Um, yeah, point guard. He's, you know, he's also, he's seen as like the good guy who's on, you know, Jesus's side. Yeah. He's got Jesus on his side, even though he's beating up little kids and chasing them down. Yep. <laughs> and ready to murder. He's yes. literally ready to murder. Um, and he was going through some form of psychosis because oh, he was going crazy. Did you see his eyes um, towards the end there? He looked like he was oh, a yeah. Sith Lord. Like he literally looked yeah. like he was a Sith. It was intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now people now people don't know that uh eddie actually you know helped save the world with his yep. sacrifice um only a few people know um and it that makes it makes it even more sad because nobody believes that eddie was a good person even though he was even though he was they say that's actually one of the purest forms of altruism uh it's like mm -hmm. giving and not expecting or receiving anything back Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, if you do these things, these philanthropic things, philanthropic, that you're not looking for your name to be publicized, this and that. It's kind of like how we right. just did a scene on Hardball. Um, mm -hmm. And Keanu Reeves has been making mass donations for years for tons mm -hmm. of different uh, uh, philanthropy and tons of different projects, funding a lot of stuff. Can't come up with right. it off my head right now. But I know that it never really came up. And right, he doesn't want right. anyone to know. So, Eddie... Mm -hmm. No one will ever know. That's one of the greatest sacrifices that you can do. Right. I'm glad that he told the little, the little homie told his uncle. That way, his oh, yeah. uncle got yeah. some closure, and then he like cried. That was an intense cry between them two. Right. Yeah, your, your nephew died a hero. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was intense because he knew that his nephew was a good kid. Yeah. He's like, my boy wouldn't do nothing like this, man. He's a good boy. He, he, you know, he's goofy, this and that. He wouldn't hurt nobody. And then you think he's a murderer? Come on, right. man. Right. So kind of leading into that, we want to talk about outcasts and how maybe we judge people a little bit too much on their external selves, their external selves. Um, like you saw in the first scene, Eddie was kind of acting like, you know, he's trying to be funny. And everything like that and um just trying to get that attention but then later on we just see him and chrissy um trying to have like a moment and being like hey like what's going on with you you seem weird um but yeah and then uh, and then we see chrissy who seems like she has it all put together but inside she's you know being tormented 
by not only like a monster, but also by like her past, um, like fears, I guess. Yeah. Past fears, traumas, guilt, shames. Past traumas. I would say traumas. Yes. Yep. Correct. Um, so kind of going back on the outcasts, what, since you have such a, a setting where people get to be themselves with you, what do you see a lot with outcasts? from your point of view? They internalize being weird, different, odd. Like, hell, we even talked about it with uh, Vecna in the last episode. Mm -hmm. But you get persecuted against so much that you you begin to believe it. So that's what I end up seeing is all these humans that just internalize it and then Mm full-on believe it. I was doing working with some humans recently, man. Same thing. They're like, man... I don't think I love myself. And I'm like, mm, let's actually break this down. I think you do love yourself in many mm-hmm. different ways. You may not like yourself all the time. It's like, shit, I don't even like myself. Matter of fact, I kind of hate myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, what? Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm trash. <laughs> you need a hug, bro? <laughs> yeah. You need a hug, motherfucker? No, I don't touch people. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and so we end up normalizing a lot of different things and how this became an issue and how right. these outcasts, these people that were unlovable, mm-hmm. end up getting their boundaries pushed. And I said, if you didn't love yourself, you would allow people to use you in more different way- more ways, mentally, right. physically, emotionally, sexually, financially. But you're pretty good at that. You go on these trips, you can do excursions, you eat good food, you get good sleep, you're doing a piece. There's so many things that you're doing, you do love yourself. But there is some weird stuff in there um, because you are an outcast, because you don't fit in, and and why you feel lonely even when you're surrounded by others in a social setting. So it's, it goes a lot in being an outcast, and folks on the spectrum right. usually identify with that big time, big time. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, kind of going back, like we see the, um, like the you know captain of the basketball team. He's, he seems like he's put together. He's the guy. We realize, we realize that like that dude's fucked up. Like he's thinking that these are all devil worshipers that are like just going around killing people. Yep. And he even gets like the townspeople to turn into a mob. Yep. Like, Shows so he a has lot that of, influence. A lot of influence, a lot of. Being able to woo people, he actually has a little bit of Vecna in him, that sociopathy, that ability to woo people, to manipulate people. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of insecurities in him because he wouldn't listen to what they said about his girl, this and that. Some insecurities in there. And let's be frank, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of white privilege in there. And I guarantee you my man's was racist as hell. But they acting like he was cool. And I'm like, you racist, bro. You know you racist. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Also, you see like a a class thing there too, where Eddie is, you know, in trailer parks, you know, he's not well off at all. Um, And then the other guy, just, you know, rich white guy. Affluent Uh, as hell. Yeah. So um, I do like how they did that. Um, But then we see just Eddie be such a loving and caring character um, that we didn't want to see him go. And I was so glad when that fucking captain died i was so happy i was so happy i was like yeah, yeah. there's a there's an old saying mm-hmm. when the chickens come home to roost 
You know what that's from? <laughs> What's that from? It's Malcolm X. And so a lot of people don't like that thing, right? Because he talked, you know, that's when shit was getting real and people were starting to mess things up and riot and all that stuff. And he said, chickens come home to roost now. And mm-hmm. so it's advocating for violence or just saying, you know, you reap what you sow. Uh, right. Right. I don't know if it really help, happens in the real world like that, where these people get caught up and in trouble. I feel like it's a lot of the eddies that end up getting caught up, not a lot of the, the other boy. Well, and that's where we see it at the end is that they all think that Eddie is the serial killer still slash Satan worshiper because they're playing D&D. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically we do see that in the show is like for us, we get to see like the back end of everything and be like, oh, wow, this guy was messed up. This guy wasn't. Um but yeah, like to them, they still think that Eddie was like a murderer who killed all these people in the town. And they can't change that because who was going to believe them when no. they say that stuff? Nobody. Yeah, because um, like you said, poor trailer park, crazy hair, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So that's, you could say that's our neurodivergent kids, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. anime, kind of dresses weird and funny, earrings, colored hair. Mm-hmm. They're not going to believe you. Uh, as right. much as like this other prestigious individual that's like shiny. Yeah. Who only has built their reputation out of just, I guess, conformity. Right. And we're kind of getting back to that is like they conformed and now everybody believes them. Mm-hmm. Um, all these other people, they don't get a chance to really say their piece. Um, they're yeah. outcasts. They're outsiders. They're outside the box. Mm-hmm. And which is what we say a lot of neurodivergent individuals, a lot of people that bully picked on. Right. It's, 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 it's an intense story arc with him. Also, it should be noted is that people, you know, studies been done. People that go through a lot of trauma mm-hmm. end up being the most empathetic individuals, end up having more ability to empathize right. and to care and to love than some of these other folks that haven't really been through a lot. I'm not saying that I want you to go through trauma and bad things. Or little traumas, but but you can tell who's been through some stuff and who hasn't been through some stuff because there's a deeper level of caring, compassion. So there's this guy. I think even you brought it up. Oh, it was Colin. There's this this. Well, I think he's white boy. I don't know. He goes on YouTube, TikTok, and it gives people like he asks people oh, for money. Yeah. Mr. Asks, Beast or yeah, is it Mr. no, not Beast? Mr. Beast. Nope, that's a different oh. dude. This this white okay. guy. He he asks people, hey man, you give me. Some change, man. So any type of money, and they'll give them. These poor people will give them some money, or a kid will give them some money, and then he'll give them ten grand back. Mm. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm actually doing really good. I'm uh, I'm part of. I'm like recording this. Here's like a thousand dollars. God bless you." Um, right. And so you're right. These people. It's shown studies have shown that people with less, homeless people, mm-hmm. people with less, will give you more than anyone else because they've been through it. I've been through it. It's empathy. They'll share the sandwich. A starving person that's known starvation will share the sandwich before a fat and wealthy individual. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some really cool studies about that. One could say maybe that's why we stay like having no money and and, and no food or whatever, but I don't don't think that's the world that we live in. I think that we're talking about empathy. People that have been struggled. People that struggle don't want others to struggle. Right. Oh, random thing. Just yeah. saw something in the, and then we'll get back to the pod. Go they were it. showing these statistics when it comes to like people 
wanting to help the poor. Mm-hmm. So they did some polls and it said wanting money for the poor, wanting to help the poor. And it, it was like 90%, 78% of people agreed when they right. said welfare. And it was like 20% agreed. Just the terminology, because they're, they're one of the same. Uh, I'm right. not ashamed to admit that I was on food stamps pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of shame pulling out the bridge card or the DBT, EBIT, uh, EBT card, food stamp card, whatever it is. A lot of shame in getting reduced lunch and stuff like that. Right. And so it was interesting. People say they want to help other individuals, but then when you name it certain things or you put, like, his black folk or brown folk on it or, like, single moms, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting stuff. All right, a little off topic, but I was just trying to talk about empathy and giving and stuff like that. And then socioeconomic with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Last thing. I told you, I don't, I don't remember Eddie having bio parents. Like, I didn't really hear the backstory about him, his biological parents. We just know that he lives with his uncle in a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume they either like just gave him up or died because since his uncle's kind of in the trailer parks you'd think like maybe they just kind of gave him up or something like that who knows all i know is that i mean that's not uh it's an it happens but it's not what happened to the rich point guard yeah so right you see a lot of different things where eddie's working from down here and the other guy's working from way up here 10 steps ahead yeah but eddie's the piece of shit yeah, that's true. Hey, in the parents' eyes, I might have thought the same too. I don't know. I'm just, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But right, Eddie was a good person. Just because you come from the gutter doesn't mean that you are gutter. Well, and then also you saw a lot of people just all of a sudden join in. Um, like I said, it's like that mob mentality. People love um, him. You got to do that. Well, and then also they don't want to go against um, other people. They don't want to go against the trend, right? Or else they're going to be looked at as outcasts as well. And then they're going to be like, nobody's going to listen to them. So a lot of studies done on that too. Do that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, let's get to the rock scene. Let's get to the, let's go get ahead. to the rock. That was probably one of the most metal scenes I've ever seen. It was. In my life. In my life. Yeah, when I was watching um, it with the lights off and the music blaring, yeah. like it was intense like, compared to watching just now on the laptop. But yeah, it was intense. I know. Yeah, when me and Dom first watched it, we were just like, <laughs> just head banging. I told you, I was like, I'm ready to run through a wall, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Jared. about to mess a bat up. Motherfucking vampires, bro. I wish a bat would fly off on me. Oh, yeah. I grab my guitar. I swear to God, but... <laughs> yeah. Where my ukulele at, <laughs> You're just gonna sing over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Fucking Polynesian looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can get it too. Um, <laughs> oh whatever gets you hype, man. It was, yeah. it was, I was geeked up. Like, yeah, I wanted to lift something heavy or run through a wall, yeah. conquer the world. Someone's getting stabbed. I was, <laughs> I was laying down on my pillow, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. yeah. 
God. I would have prayed for Pops or Salim if they yeah. walked in. I passed the knife off to one of my teddy bears to hide the shank and all this shit. I'm like, my prison? Hey. <laughs> yep. Hey, yep. take this dog. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I never really, I never listened to Metallica before. Yeah. And then this made me want to get into listening to them because. Yeah, for real. I can uh, I can get into like that hard metal stuff, but not usually because um, it's usually a little bit too much yep. for me. But this was like perfect, where it was just like that guitar with and I like some rock too. And I should have pops listen to this. I know he knows that song because we he listens to stuff like that all the time in the car, and he'll be jamming out. And then I'll put on like one of my songs loud. He's like, "Turn this off! I'm angry." I want anger. I want that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might have to check some of that out for my next lift uh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Master of the Puppets. That's a song. There you go. Yeah. That's a weird name. It's already kind of scary. Go, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Master of well, like, I don't like puppets now. <laughs> I don't like them. Unless the the strings. Yeah. <laughs> no strings on me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Did you see a Muppet running through? <laughs> you should just do that. You know, you need to dress up as a Muppet. One of the I should. Halloween. Should. <laughs> Miss Piggy. Fucking Oh, Jesus. I kill it, though. Uh, <laughs> look back at I, it. Uh, I can wear some heels. <laughs> <laughs> no, give me an excuse to wear the grouch. Not the grouch. Uh, yeah. Who's in the trash? Oscar the grouch. Oscar? Yeah. That's Sesame Street, but you know, hey, who's got Oh, damn, I was way off. <laughs> That's one of them. They're both puppets. They're both puppets. Yeah. Back to the rock scenes. <laughs> uh, so, like you said, Spence, that was when they were trying to distract all the bats. And then, yeah. you know, they're flying at them, and he's doing the countdown, 30 seconds, 10, 15, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Yeah. I thought that was a good explanation of, what we just talked about during hardball again, like, you know, when anxiety's hitting, whenever it's hitting, right, you put the music on, you kind of zone out, do your thing, and you self-soothe, you regulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also thought about it's a good representation when the bats are coming, is it fear and anxiety? Like, you're trying mm-hmm. to stive it off, and it, it's the demon, right? the demigorgon, right? It's coming for you. That. Yeah. That's what they are, right? Those things, those bats yeah. are coming for you, and they're suck the life out of you. Um, I also thought that um, with this scene, it was uh, I, like sometimes you can just tell when motherfucker's about to die. I really, I didn't know he was gonna die. I could kind of guess it Man. because a lot of the times, with especially new characters, they or yeah. with old characters too, they like they act so likable. And they're like, yeah, man, I can't wait to get back to, like, especially in, like, old war movies, like in Vietnam. They're like, yeah, I can't wait to get back to my wife. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. And then they immediately get shot. Like, yeah. Man, I love my children, dog. Blue. Why? Why? Bro. But, yeah. So, You're it right. was... And it was such a great scene that you're like, oh, no. That's why I thought about... That's why I thought Hopper was going to die. I was telling you earlier because he was about to sacrifice himself um, yep. for the demigorgon. And yep, so yep. I thought I was like, oh, they're actually going to kill him this time. Yep. But 
they actually saved him. They're like, nah, we killed enough characters for this episode. I like how they they story arced it where everyone they they showed all these little things on how everyone technically was going to get out of it. She grabbed that electrical thing, and everyone right. else was like getting out of things somehow. But then they made it seem like everyone was going to die, and then everyone got yeah. out of it. And when her arms broke, I'm like, oh shit, she can live with broken arms. That's good. And then she said she was blind. I'm like, damn. Like she ain't gonna live. She ain't and Eddie, gonna live. I figured you know, miraculously, you know, he'd be fine. Yeah. He'd get a couple bites, and you know, be good. The motherfuckers were gnawing on him for a minute. <laughs> they were, they were gnawing on him for a while. Hey, man, who failed? Close down, brother. Damn, this long hair motherfucker tastes good. <laughs> yeah, we got those winter white ones this time, boy. <laughs> it's all breast meat. <laughs> It's a little bit healthier. Yeah. <laughs> this is before antidepressants, so he, he was getting that organic meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they were just getting high, just smoking weed. Oh, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that good THC. Like, and bats were just getting high as shit. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it took him so long to eat his ass. <laughs> R.I.P., dog. R.I.P. Yeah. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. that Sammy Sosa thing. I don't know. He be doing all right. All right. Jesus Christ. All right. He's white now. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Eddie's death scene. Damn. I know. I know. Why don't you start it off since he just said that? Oh, all right. Uh, story arc. For me, you're right. I, I didn't like him in the first scene that he was shown because right. he looked like he was getting attention. Then immediately when he tried to help the girl out and he was like, we're talking to her, trying to help her regulate her emotions and stuff like that. Right. And then, you know, he's like, I can sell you the bud. And then she dies. And then he goes into hiding and people are chasing him. And and he's like, all I do is run. All I do mm -hmm. is run. I'm like, dog, it's the only choice you had. Like, yeah, I know. What else did you do? You can't do anything. She literally got her head twisted in front of you. Like, that would make yeah. most people go insane. No one would believe him. No. No one. So you dipped. I'm cool with it. And then they meet mm -hmm. him in the forest and like, hey, man, we got to do this. Like, this is a Dungeons and Dragons thing. We got to do this. And he's like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so he manned up then. He talked about when they jumped in that boat. And he's like, I wasn't coming in to save you because your homegirl ran in for you and she loves you. I went in because mm -hmm. of the shame. Right. I went in because of the shame. So he's still very insecure, very much a mm -hmm. runner, self-preservation. I'm technically kind of cool with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the rock scene, which is scary as hell. Uh, yeah. And then he cuts the bed sheet. He stays in the trailer. He's like, I ain't running no more of G. And then I'm going to chase these bats and buy all some time. So he starts riding his bike. Falls off the bike, starts fighting the bats, turns around, like gets his shield, starts kicking some ass. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, eventually he gets succumbed by the bats. And he's looking at up at dude. What's dude's name? The chubby dude with the teeth? Um, he, it's not Chomper. It's Chomper. Jesus. <laughs> oh, two for Let me see one second. Uh, two seconds. Two seconds. Yep. No dead air here. No dead air. Stranger Things. Dun, His name dun, 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 is dun, 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 dun. Dustin. Dustin. There we go. Dustin. So Dustin, Dustin wants to, you know, 
hey man, I got you. And he limps over there, right. looks him in the eye. And he say, hey man, you know, I didn't run. I didn't run. And, and you know, pretty much saying like, aren't you proud of me, man? Mm-hmm. He also really loved Dustin. And he said, I loved you at right. the end. And he wanted Dustin to know that I'm your mentor. I took you under my wing. I love you. This is this is how you are. This is how you act as a man. You stand and fight for the things that you want to fight for and the people that you love. And so he set a yeah. good example. He wasn't going to run anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he dies as a hero. Yeah. Uh, he dies as someone that was flawed, that was traumatized, mm-hmm. that has been through some stuff, but has a big heart. And he did his thing. And, you know, hats off to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, right sacrifices he made because he thought that was the right choice. Uh, I think that he died happy. He cried, but I think that he died happy knowing that he changed, he evolved. Yeah. Totally Super sad. Agree. Super sad. When he says, I, I love you, man. Oh! <laughs> ah! Not Eddie. Not Eddie. Yeah. It was yeah. intense. And, and like, even Eddie talked about it, how he was jealous of the other dude. Because Dustin mm-hmm. was under his wing. And so he overcame a lot of different barriers and insecurities to get to that point. Right. Uh, small story. I'm going to diverge real quick. Okay. It's fucked up. You know, some people finally do good. Mm-hmm. They finally do good. They finally overcome. And then they might, their life is maybe gone. Right. The, the world is unfair at times. Good people die. You know, and it just happens, you know. You never know. Good people get cancer, and things happen. Good people fail out. It happens. But he finally gets his life on track. Finally starts to man up, be vulnerable, get connected to people, and then he dies. And so things like that remind me of like uh, my brother that passed out in Texas. Finally starts mm-hmm. to do right by his wife, by his child. Finally starts to get clean on some of the things he was doing, and. Like mm-hmm. working on his mental health, taking meds and stuff, and then, you know, he drowns on a holiday mm-hmm. when he was, like, swimming with his family. It's fucked up, man. Life is fucked up sometimes. And so sometimes even good people or people that were flawed and they finally do the right stuff to get healthy, it's mm-hmm. tough. I got clients that tell me that shit all the time, man. I remember working with one specific. She looked at me. And we got her sober. We got her to, like, start respecting herself, start being, like, with monogamous and in a healthy relationship, somewhat healthy. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, Nas, this is bullshit. I said, what's up? She said, you got me out here not drinking, not acting out. I'm going, doing, playing basketball. I'm working out almost every day of the week. I'm going to sleep. And I'm fucking miserable. Mm. Why did I do this? At least when before I was drunk and I was loaded up and I was having a good time. I'm like, you're doing so much better now. And you're like, nah, man, all the bullshit's coming now. In my head, it's mm-hmm. all coming back. Uh, I said, you got to stay the course. You got to st- You're doing good. They ended up stopped working with me for a little bit. Because they didn't want to keep coming back to my office because they wanted to relapse in some things. And mm-hmm. they ended up coming back and they had their tail between their legs, you know, this and that. We worked on some stuff. We got them back up to where they needed to be. Eventually they did graduate, but to see them like clean and working on their life and doing their thing, man, all they needed was a better partner in this one situation. They would have been solid. 
But they right. did all these good things because they thought that their partner was going to respect them more and do better by them. That person wasn't no good. Hmm. And so even though she did better, the result, and she was a good person. Hmm. Good person. Uh, I can tell people are good people because she treated my brother very good, too, when she's seen him on campus. Very good. Right. Um, but sometimes when you do good stuff, you know, bad stuff happens. And it's sad. And I remember her being so angry at me for pushing her towards these goals. Like, girl, these were your goals. Mm-hmm. But bad things happen sometimes. And sometimes they don't work out. Uh, and me and you know this. We push for things and go on interviews and relationships and all types of shit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit don't always work out. And Friday didn't work out. But maybe it did work out. Also, Spence talked about he might be a motherfucking vampire soon. So, you know, who knows? He coming back. I wish. I hope they do that. Vampires I, in Harlem. I don't like it. I actually just watched that. It's pretty good, actually. I was like, oh, that's actually a good movie. Yeah. Eddie Murphy had some good... His, uh, off topic. Eddie Murphy had some good, like, non-mainstream movies. Eddie that Murphy one, had some really good old movies, man. Back in the day, his boomerang. stuff was really good. Boomerang, Dom loved Boomerang when we watched okay. that with Halle Berry yeah. and all them. Great movie. That's um, stuff. Yeah, I know. And I wish people would know more about it. Oh well. <laughs> it's too old for me. Oh it's too old. I don't I don't like black films. Um yeah. back to the white people. I know. Let's get back to this white guy who died. Uh <laughs> Uh, I think that I, I love the fact that Eddie was just like, like the D and D group is now your group and you have to look after them and you right. have to. Yeah. I love it. That was a great part too, where he was still thinking about, even as he's dying, he's still thinking about that group and how now Dustin has to take care of them um, and be, the one because now he because now he knows that dustin is like it, i don't think it's just because he's there he actually does see him mm-hmm. as his predecessor as somebody who can herd people and kind of help them grow yep um and make sure that they're on the right track because i think that's what eddie did a lot with the D group he was trying to get people to have a certain mindset and not just conform to other people but themselves too and have a community yeah and that's where we saw with um uh lucas who wanted to be more on like the basketball team be popular didn't want to be in the D D group anymore because they're looked as weirdos and we have those people all the time that do that stuff especially growing up you just have so many people that act differently around other people. And you're like, what the f- what's wrong with you? What the, what happened here? Yeah. Um, definitely had plenty of people in my life where they're cool with me for one second. And then all of a sudden they, as soon as other people show up, they're like, well, sorry, I'm, I'm going to put this mask on and see you never. I got a story for that one. Yeah. One of my Go boys. I uh, was li- living in Lansing for a couple of years playing ball because we had got recruited, made a best friend, one of the best friends ever in my life. Loved this kid to death. Mm-hmm. So I moved mm-hmm. to Saginaw because we ran out of money. We moved back into my right. mama's spot, me and my pops. And uh, and so we damn near, you know, we damn near adopted his ass and brought him to Saginaw with us to play ball, right? Because right? he would have some money, work, this and that, right? Instead of just being at his ma's. 
but you know, he played at my his school, at my old school, Lansing Sexton. I played at Arthur Hill. And then I remember going to holler at him when he was in college. And he was always the nicest, soft-spoken kid, coolest kid, man. And then he changed. He went to a different mm-hmm. college. He got around some some dudes, was doing some buffoonery. You know, mm-hmm. he hits me up. Or I ended up finding out, you know, he was in an armed robbery. And then they, like, beat mm-hmm. this lady up with a gun. And he was a getaway driver. I'm like, damn, bro. And I remember mm-hmm. going to the college. And I was acting goofy with him and funny with him. Like, no, nah, man, stop that. I'm like, what? You ain't never told me to stop messing with you or clowning around ever. He's like, nah, man, chill, chill. I'm like, the fuck? I don't give a fuck about this dude right here. Right. Uh, but he's like, no, nah, you need to calm that down. I seen that change. Yeah. The buffoonery. I said, seen it. The thuggery. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast forward. Right. He he got out of that trouble. Right. He was locked up for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He got two beautiful daughters now. They're doing well. He's married. Like, it, life ended up good. Right. Um. Life ended up good, but still, I seen that change, and I was so depressed and sad when he got locked up. I was like, God, I felt like I was, you know, I could have did more. Uh, right. But in actuality, you can't. But I, like you said, you've seen it. I've seen it. People get around certain people, bro. They change. I hate it. That's why I feel lucky, because I feel like the people around me don't do that at all. They actually yep. bring me to other people that... um I can actually, you know, connect with yep. and things like that. My boy, uh, Cleo, he uh, knew him since high school. Um, always been the same dude. We always talk about basketball, shoes, TV, all that fun stuff. Um, and we go to concerts together. Um, and he actually showed me to um, some of his boys. Um, they're Asian and they're just goofy. Love playing nice. basketball, love talking shit. Um, and we actually just had a grad party with them where I brought Dom and it was a fun time. And I'm there really glad that, you know, I'm able, I'm able to have friends that, um, can actually help me pass along with these other people that are just like me. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why I feel lucky, especially, you know, you, Dom, all these people that like y'all, you don't try to put me around people that, you know, I'm not going to like. No, because you know I'm very opinionated. When yeah, it comes to people. The only time where it got a little sketchy is that Collins baby shower thing. Oh yeah, that was because of the other buffoons though. The other guys we were cool with that were first there, oh, yeah. and then as the buffoons started coming out, then it got a little weird. Yeah, that's what I was like. But that's that wasn't our normal crew, right? The normal right. crew was a couple of other guys and then Moses that came later, but he right. was tired because he just got off duty. Um, yeah, no, Moses was cool. I mean, he didn't cool. really talk much, but yeah, he was He's cool. Tired. Um, yeah. I know my boy Marco out in Germany. Hopefully we get a chance to meet him. Uh, mm-hmm. He does it all the time, too, because he's super, super goofy. But then he actually, like, like Mr. Smooth, Mr. Suave, you know, Mr. Ladies <laughs> Man. And I'm like, dude, calm down, bro. Like, how many women you need, man? Uh, but that's just his personality. All, for real. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it, but like, <laughs> it's bad. That's funny. That's funny, man. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have anything give, else on this scene? Uh, well, so for you, yeah. Were you? Did you? I didn't know he was getting ready to die. So you knew he was getting ready to die. Were you I already felt starting? Like he was going to die. Okay, and then when he actually did die. Were you starting to yeah. get choked up when he was passing or like when it was final and then he was dead? I think once he was talking, 
No, it was definitely when he was talking. I hate motherfuckers okay. who give like the last word, and they're and especially when they start crying and shit. I'm just like, oh, you motherfuckers. Um, that's what happened with um Tony Stark uh, when yeah. he died. When he was starting to die, I was like, um. But I've said this before, but the big scene that really got me almost to like really tear up was uh, when Lucky. Yeah. Um, when he was talking to Stark's daughter yeah. and she was like, I want some hamburgers. He's like, your dad liked hamburgers. I was like, oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't do it. No. That was so sad. And then he started getting choked up. This big John Favreau just getting yep. choked up. Um, but yeah, for me, um, when he said, uh, I didn't run away, I was like, oh my fucking God. It was just so sincere. It was. And you felt it. He was you proud. Felt it. He was yes. proud. And you're like, why did he have to die? I told you, man, it's not fair. No. You finally. Plenty of characters. I was like, they could probably die, and I don't care. Yeah. You can kill <laughs> yeah. all these little boys out here. All these little boys. The little girl right there. Yeah, that little one, the bald one. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, the little fat one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, actually, Dustin, who has the like the front teeth removed, yep. he has like this. Um, I don't know if it's a disease, but he has like something up with like his mouth, Some jaw like his mouth, yep. yeah, jaw disorder. And then like he doesn't, he doesn't like grow as big as like other people. I don't think. I think he's been like the same height for a while. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you look at like from like the first season to now. Yeah. He hasn't really grown up yeah, he's, that much. Yeah, he's a different character. He's mm -hmm. different. Yep. His body type and all that, where everyone else is like just growing like weeds, just sprouting. I know. All of them are getting so fucking tall. Yeah, I know. It's like, damn, what are y'all eating in the upside down? Can y'all slow down over there? The yeah. Y'all eating in Indiana now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was an intense scene. Uh, it was. Man, and you know, the death scenes, I feel like we, we end up doing a lot of death scenes on the pod. Because they end up being yeah. emotional things that we could talk about. Yeah. This one, we want to talk about Eddie. Uh, so let's move into some thepatizing. All right. Um, so we could say that there's going to be a higher rate of neurodivergent or nerdy kids. Uh, we would say neurodivergent kids in D&D, &D, uh, different clubs like this type of vibe. Um, like the fantasy, the creativity. That's something that is attracted and drawn for us. It's usually a safe place where people can talk and be with each other. That's not very overstimulating. Um, he talks about conformity and how he's not about that. He wants people to be themselves. So, right, again, be more comfortable, be super weird. I thought he was going to be an asshole when the uh, uh, black dude's uh, sister like went in there and she was like talking shit. I know this, this, and this, and this. And he's like, you're in. Yeah, you're you're one of us. Pretty cool. That's yeah. how I knew he was like a good dude, man. Um, yeah. Then you move forward to like the uh, his story arc, like we talked of. You know, he probably wouldn't have grown like this if not for the drama that he went through, the drama slash trauma mm -hmm. slash growing pains. Like he needed to be pushed to get to that final yeah. stage, right? So I'm going to bring up this. How can we use his story to help others on this pod? No, don't cower. Don't run. Don't always avoid these things that make you anxious. As I tell many of my clients, 
I don't want you to run away from it. I need you to go through it. Like the only way to actually do this, to get to the other end is we have to go through it. Mm. I need you to make these steps. I need you to start talking to these people. I need you to actually go on some dates. I need you to sit down in that place that makes you anxious. I need you to take off your headphones in this one area. Maybe learn a couple of the customers' names and start having some reciprocal conversations and then go back to your corner. We need to start mm-hmm. learning and growing in some of these social situations. The phobias, we need to slowly start doing some exposure therapy and also granting yourself some grace. You need to start moving towards uncomfortability. Your comfort zone is not where you're going to grow. Being uncomfortable. Eddie was uncomfortable pretty much the entire season. And he grew so much and he started internalizing and thinking about things. And he talked to that other white dude. He's like, Hey, with the one with the hair, the nice hair. Yeah. And he said, you know, Hey man, I was, I can't, I don't like you. I'll be flat out. I don't like you. Uh, yeah. Dustin thinks you're cool. This and that. I'm jealous about it. Right. Your girls, you know, all the girls like you, you're kind of the it guy. I don't fuck with you. <laughs> you, you a punk. But you know, <laughs> what, what are you going to say? <laughs> I just think that, well, even he, Steve, that's who you're talking about. Steve, Steve. Okay. Um, Even he had, like, he had a lot of growth since uh, the first season. He was a dick. Yep. A lot of growth. <laughs> He's a, yeah. Um, he was that bully. Um, but then once he finally saw um, something that he's never really been through before, which is, I think, like, an actual struggle for his life, Um he actually changed and finally became like an actual good dude. Gives you different perspective, man. Mm-hmm. Gives you different perspective. Yeah. And, and so I'm talking about Eddie changing because I believe all of us can change. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be like, once a dog, always a dog. Well, well calm down now, people. Calm down now, ladies. Calm down. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, As but- you have a dog on your shirt. <laughs> yeah. There's a wolf. There's a wolf. There's a wolf. It's a dog. Whatever. Whatever. It's a canine. Um. Everyone has the ability to start changing some of their mental health things, to start start changing their circumstances, to start expecting better for yourself, for others, loving yourself more. There's small steps that you need to start taking to getting to some of this stuff, so you feel congruent in your life, and the depression starts to fade. So having a conversation with a human today. I'm like, most counselors, we would just validate your emotions right now and then kind of sit in that sadness. I'm like, okay, I did that. You mm-hmm. cried. And like, I almost cried. But now what are we going to do to get out of this? Right. What, what There needs to be some worth out of these tears. We need to get something out of this moving forward because I don't want you just to sit in this forever because I don't want you to fail out of school. You're getting ready to graduate. We need to go. Um mm-hmm. Some of my clients, I'll send them an email or they'll send me something. I'll be like, okay. Blunt Nas says this, 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 and this, and this. The counselor right. loving empathy Nas is like, oh, it's fine. Like, you you know, this it's all the lovey-dovey <laughs> stuff. You can read whatever right. one you want, but this is both of them. Right. Um, some of my clients like that. I thought right. one client was going to literally cuss me out when I've seen them the next week. And they're like, no, I loved it. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so start working and pushing through some of the things, folks. All these characters that you love in Stranger Things have all grown massively. They've all changed massively. None of us are the same person that we used to be Mm -mm. three, four years ago, two, three months ago. 
you're just not. So you've already changed a lot. Think about mm-hmm. how much more you could change if you actually start trying to. Yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about with Eddie. Good story arc. Great story arc. So usually I have this question, like the what if, like what if you had this person? Um, if you had Dustin just went uh, just went through all this trauma, even more than he's usually been through, yeah. um, you know, saw like a friend die, um, all that stuff. How would you kind of counsel him through um, this grief that he's going through? If you take away all the stranger thing, upside down stuff, it's going to be yeah. tough just in general. Probably a lot of sadness, a lot of depression, a lot of right. contemplating suicide or death or existence. What's the meaning? What's the purpose? Right. So it's a lot of the stuff that we talked about in the last Stranger Things with Vecna. Mm-hmm. But this would be on a more empathetic and like losing your focus on things than the sociopathy. Right. Uh, you attach the Stranger Things to that. There's no way any of these humans make it out of this with like minds that are not mush just no way they'd be so traumatized all these people they would be medicated hospitalized if they did tell someone about this stuff they would be institutionalized for that for being delusional oh yeah most definitely yeah so it'd be tough but for him let's say if everything was normal no upside down and he just watched his friend die like that Mm -hmm. mess you up for life yeah let's be honest uh and i would probably get that client to accept that like you're going to be different the rest of your life Right, and I don't think that you need to avoid from some of those emotions. They switched uh, grief now. There's a different disorder. It's like long term grief that can last mm-hmm. eons and eons. Uh, sitting with them, well, a lot of my clients, man, they go through that grief. The parents just died, siblings just died, right? Or they just got cancer in the past. Mm-hmm. There ain't no therapizing it, bro. It's just kind of sitting in it. And then we come back every week to make sure that they keep their head on straight and they do what they got to do, or we take a leave of absence. Mm -hmm. Grief is a tough one, brother. Uh, But making sure that they don't lose focus completely of the goal. And we can write letters to our loved ones and Mm -hmm. uh, we can pray. We can do some meditations. We can do gratitude things. And I can make people start bawling and crying almost instantly with some of the gratitude like letters for the past ones that have went on. Fit. Sometimes I'll have them finish what they wanted to say. So maybe Dustin didn't get to say his piece, like how much he loves him, appreciates him and all that stuff. I would have Dustin write that out. Okay. Write it out. Just fold it up, put it somewhere, burn it, you know, but like write it out. That way it's gone. Um, Mm -hmm. I would tell him to be cautious in isolating himself. From people Mm -hmm. because it's such a big pain that he might not ever want to be in that pain again unless he could push people away right if it was a friend or let's say like your wife that died uh you know your partner that died so it just depends on the context grief is a son of a bitch uh yeah right you want to contemplate your existence this is intense like when all my students parents were catching covid bro Mm -hmm. they was going through some shit uh Yeah, like even, you know, when your family caught some COVID, you were like. Yeah, uh-oh. Yeah. So just that yeah. can freak someone out. Uh, yeah. So you already know it. It's just supporting and showing up. It's one thing that you always talk about that you try to perfect is showing up. Like you you say you mm-hmm. need me, and like I said, I'm going to be there. You show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually not that hard to support someone and to love someone like that. Therapizing, yeah. just a little bit of that, and then making sure that they're safe. 
helping them process and finish out some stuff. That way it's not like left alone. Mm-hmm. And then slowly start moving past it and building a life past it. Being respectful. Uh, checking in every once in a while just to make sure they're not triggered by certain things. I did with a client recently. Right. I said, hey, man, this person got sick. And like, I remember this other person that passed in the summer. Did this trigger any of this other stuff? And they're like, oh, no, I'm smooth. I didn't even think about that. I was all right, just make sure. Just making sure. Um, yeah, happens. A lot of people lose a lot of people, man. You'd be surprised. People that lose animals, they end up being real fucked up, too. Not surprised, yeah. Cats and dogs, it's, dude, it's bad. A lot of times they treat them just like people. People, you've know, you've had them for 5 to 15, 20 years. And their support system. like All positive. Know. Yeah, so... It's not like it's your sister. And you're like, I hate you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I just did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it right now. I don't give a fuck. Funny, funny side note. Funny side note. Slim goes, Spencer just wished his sister a happy birthday. I said, he ain't wished his sister no happy birthday. And then he showed me the picture. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is homegirl. Yeah, it's like pretty much family. And I was like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. And he's like, I don't understand. I was like, yeah, forget it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Real sister is getting yeah. go somewhere else. <laughs> ah, my sister's actually pretty cool. She's just a basket head. Love her to death, though. No, I, don't, I feel nothing. Yeah, I know. I feel nothing. You got the Vecna vibes over there? <laughs> pretty much. I was like, oh, this is similar. Hmm. Yeah, I just I see a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Be my friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably where I go with that, man. Uh, with okay. grief, tough one. So anyone going through grief, make sure that they don't self isolate. Reach out, mm-hmm. reach out, reach out. Even if they push you away, reach out. Um, mm-hmm. Show up. You know, yep. check on them. Make sure that they're people that deal with the fallout. Check on them individuals as well. And then if you're a counselor or you're providing that support, make sure that you're smooth too, because you know that shit will affect you. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Eddie and Dustin. It's intense. What was the girl's name uh, that died in the next scene? Uh, wasn't it? Uh, the red-haired girl? Uh, it, Max. That was this it. Max? Max. I was like, I remember. Yep. Yeah, dude, that, I told you I want to tell people on the pod, like, when she broke her arms, I thought she'd be smooth and she'd be fine. Then she was blind. I'm yeah. like, I almost was like, she can't see. She can't, the body. I was like, I actually kind of hope she's she like, dies. I can't feel anything. Yeah, I was like, girl, she's just a husk now. I'm like, I didn't want that life for her. Yeah. Um, uh, I was so terrified. Eleven, like, went into her mind, and there was nothing Blame. there. And you're like, I'm like, but you know, she's gonna be back somehow. I know, I know. Somehow, I don't know yeah. how, but somehow, somehow, she's she'll lost. probably be in the demigorgons or whatever, like her essence. I don't know. Maybe she could be like a demigorgon, and then one of them's friendly and be like, "Uh oh, that's who Max. knows?" Or maybe she'll be like some type of mind flare in this upside down. I just know that she'll probably scene, come back with powers, but that's I'm my guess. So too. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking she's gonna have some type of powers. Yeah, yeah. Her and the boy would probably still be weird. <laughs> I know, so weird. Just even like, though, hi, hi. Even though they love each other, it's just like, why do all of you love each other, but all of you act like you don't love each other? Like, goddamn. I know, especially Mike and Eleven. Just, it's like, I hated that scene so much when she was in the bathroom. He was like, I love you. It's like, can oh. you just fucking say it already? Yeah. Well, when she was in the in the pizza dough thing, are you talking about yes. earlier? Okay, yeah, that no, was, I was so dough. not needed. 
I was like, can you just say it? Will or really? Mike or whatever. He was like, yeah, you're the heart. I'm like, oh, so now, whatever. Okay. <laughs> you're the heart. Shut the fuck up. I was like, can we just get to where the dude was making the pizza again? FYI, the Native American dude is hilarious. He plays the same character in every show. Yeah, he's Native. Okay. Yeah, he uh, plays the same character in every show, just high as hell. <laughs> Just high and just the funny guy. He's a new high age Jason Chong. New age. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Also, Will. We all know Will. Just just come out, bro. I thought it's he, okay. he did. Did he actually come out? Oh, I don't it, think he like said it. No, no, not and not in the show. In real life, he came out. Oh, oh, I didn't know he was actually gay. Uh, I might be mistaken. I thought he actually came out in real life. Maybe I have no yep. idea. I just I thought in the show he never he was like his brother and him had like a thing. Where I was, was hoping like, to God that he came out right there. That was that actually I cried in that scene. That was a good scene. Did you? Yep. Okay. Because they were like, "I love you, man." <laughs> we grew apart. Yeah. Because that's all you really need, man. Sometimes you just someone to like acknowledge you. Yeah. That was a sad season for Will, dude. He was so neglected and on the outskirts of everything. Can we be honest? Will always gets fucked up in these in this season. Every season, there's something up with him. First season, he gets captured by the demigorgons. Second season, he's getting mind flared. And then third season, I think they actually went a little bit light on the third season. Yeah, they Maybe. just had some net stuff, and like he can feel things. This yeah. season, you just get treated treat like trash. Yeah, well, and because, you know, he's like, he's kind of being like, Mike, hey, I love you, bro. And Mike's not ready to hear that. He's not, because he can't even say I love you to 11, so. Yep, and then was, God, that one scene it. where he's like, well, it's not my fault you don't like women? And I was like, Jesus Christ, bro, that was no, that was uncalled for. I know, Mike has turned into a real dick. Yep. He he was I didn't like Mike this season. Um he just seemed like such an asshole. Immature. But immature, yeah. But then it's like oh, you see all of his other friends kind of maturing and being, you know, going up and then he's kind of like, well, you know, my girlfriend has power so I can't do anything. But you're the heart. You're the heart. You're the heart of us, bro. I want to throw my remote at his face. (laughs) Eddie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that she, I think she might have upped you in the deaf thing right after that. I'm sorry. It's what it is. Yeah. But the only reason why she upped him was because she went blind. (laughs) She She went full disabled. It was terrible. Yeah. So fully disabled. And she was going through it like her brother died and being tormented by that. And they just bringing it all back. So much trauma. She, she, she had a rough season, but that was like, so you could see through all the seasons, there was all like these different types of, um, I guess themes going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think more this one was all about just trauma. It was just shame. It, it was trauma, all trauma and shame. Guilt. Yep. Yeah. And I forgot what the other ones, because I remember there was like a post about it, but 
Vecna, he just like keeps on changing his style of doing things. Like mm-hmm. it's like fear and then just this, that taking over, taking over will. And then now it's all about trauma. I wonder, I can't wait to see where they go for the next. Oh season. yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, Yeah, I can't wait. Too intense. Uh, good yeah. show. I didn't think I would like yes. season three and season four. I just watched them. I didn't think I would like them that much. And turns out they were quite magnificent. So I'm excited yeah. for season five. We'll mm-hmm. launch some reels. I got a bunch of reels ready to go for the entire show after these two pods mm-hmm. come out. So not just these clips, but a bunch of other clips. And mm-hmm. it should be exciting. should be a good time for the pod. Yes. So on that note, thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you watching. And uh, please hit the like button and subscribe, follow. Subscribe. Also, share and comment. We want you to do it all. We just a little bit. We want. We want. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my name is Spencer. That's Nazir, and this is the Different Spectrums podcast. Much love. Peace. Bye. Oh, I just had a pen.